0: Big Ten Backers Podcast. This is your podcast for Big Ten football or anything college football related. From Jim Harbaugh's shirtless escapades to Brett Bielema's hog-sized waistline with Ryan Day's beard dye and anything else in between, Big Ten Backers has the headlines from around the college football landscape. Oh, hey there, Big Ten Backers. This is your host, AJ, with Buckeye Steve. We just call him Dup Beef.
1: Grab a beer, we'll put college football in your ear.
0: Let's rock and roll. I got mine. Welcome back, Big Ten backers. We got AJ and Beav, as in me, AJ, ready to bring out this new show. And we got some dump trucks for you. We're going to bring out those big-ass dump trucks. We're going to talk about Week 10 and how it went down. Just so you guys know, you're not thinking something's crazy going on. Beev. Got beat in the Vegas betting last week, so he has to record his show sounding like he's sucking down Helium. Enjoy, people. So, Beef, how you been, man? What you been up to?
1: Working, man, and trying to get this show on the road, taking care of the little kids. What you been up to? Where you at, by the way?
0: I'm sitting in Vegas. We got Matt coming on the show later this week, so, you know, I gotta get those Big Ten bets in. Listen to Matt's advice and make me some money while I'm here in Vegas. Got a great view from my window. Got to hang out and drink in the casinos. Last night, it's been a good time. But let's get it to it, man. Let's bring out that backers big one. Number eight Alabama rolls. Number fourteen LSU, forty-two to twenty-eight. It was another good one until Bama pulled away late. LSU allowed Bama to go eleven and fourteen on third down. This is your USC mirror team from the South. A dynamic quarterback, but no D. They can't find Captain Winky. They can't get that D moving forward at all. Milrow was a monster, helping the tie get 507 total yards and accounted for four TDs on the ground. Jaden Daniel gets hurt and knocked out of the game and entered concussion protocol. And much like him, the Tigers got knocked out of the SEC West and the playoffs after losing to Bama. LSU put working on the ground, though, getting 206 yards, averaging 8.6 per carry as a team. But Bama did its thing to getting six total tutties on the ground on 46 carries, 288 yards, and 6.3 per rush. Bama ran it down their throats, blowing right past that gag reflex of the Tigers. Beef the Goat, Nick Saban, has his team running for the playoffs. What's your thought on their
1: chances? Hey, man, first of all, LSU is not making it to the playoffs. They were officially eliminated. That motherfucker back there is not real. Not going not going good for the Tigers. But Alabama, I mean, everyone was talking about this game. I think every single other podcast I've listened to said this was kind of a game, uh, a tennis match. Whoever breaks serve first. So we're not going to go there and use what everyone else did, even though I just did. We're going to talk about LSU being eliminated and Alabama in contention, man. I mean, they were already in contention before this game, but this kind of proved their point. They're there. They are a playoff contender. They're a big one. And Herb Street picked them from the beginning of the year. He, he thought Bama would win the title this year. And you know it looked bad after Texas, but he's looking genius now, man. Right now, I'm I'm questioning, I might take Bama over anyone in the country. I mean, if I had to put money up against it, they're peaking at the right time. Milro's looking good. He's putting up points, as you say, either on the ground or through the air. Crazy. I mean, I'm trying to think of the teams that would match up against Alabama right now, but we'll get into that later. And 39 in offensive points per game and 18th in defensive points allowed. I mean, those aren't staggering numbers but they're good on both ends. You know what I mean? They have an offense. They have a good defense. They have really good DBs, which is what Saban always has. And their question marks are being answered. Quarterback and offensive line. I mean, they're pounding on the ground and they're getting it done through the air. So obviously their offensive line is protecting well too. What do you think about them being a national title contender?
0: Beave, at the beginning of this season, when we predicted our national championship winners, I chose Bama and much like Kurt, Starting to look a little bit better now.
1: Took a hit Say to again. start, but looking good now.
0: Yes, sir. Let's take a look at another contender out of the SEC. We actually had two of them in this game, too. Number two, Georgia, tames Missouri's Tigers. Dogs win it, 30-21. to 21. This was another good one, Beef. Both teams were evenly matched. On the stats board, 385 total yards for the Dogs, 363 for the Tigers. The difference... In the two would be the turnovers, two interceptions by the Tigers let the Dogs out. And they ran off with the win despite the valiant effort from Drinkowitz and his bunch. Dogs outscored the Tigers 14 to 3 in the third. Milton grabbed a tutty on the ground and tossed one up to Oscar Delp. And well, that was the straw that broke the Tigers back. Looks like we are on the road for another Dog Bama SEC title fight. B. Beck had a solid day. When will he get the love he deserves?
1: That The last couple of weeks, I've been preaching back, 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 man. I don't know who's listening, but I think people are coming around. This game really wasn't his best stats game of them all. 254 yards and two touchdowns. Still a solid game, and he's doing well. Getting the ball where it needs to go. He's the reason why we kind of held them out from the beginning of the season for that first place spot, and he's the reason why the college football rating should probably have them in the first place spot. But we got to give Missouri and Drinkowitz all the love that they deserve. Got to give them some credit. That's a damn good team. And they held their own. I mean, those turnovers, you can't give turnovers to a team like Georgia, especially in their house. And that's what they did. Lad McConkle, dude. Lad. Hell of a name. Seven receptions for 95 yards. He's taken over where Brock Bowers has left off. They have Old Miss and Tennessee on deck. Man, Georgia's competition is now starting to show, and they're still winning where they belong. In the hunt, baby. National title contender.
0: Let's talk about another team kind of like LSU and Mizzou that got knocked out of the playoffs. The Cowboys of Oklahoma State stunned the Sooners 27-24. Beebe, I called an upset. If you want to call it that, Cowboys get it done in the Bedlam Classic and get to keep the trophy and the bragging rights for this rivalry for their foreseeable future. Conference expansion We want more Bedlam, damn it. Someone's got to make this happen. Cowboys grab 10 points in the fourth and gets the stop on a fourth down to seal the win against the Sooners, who have now dropped two games in a row, eliminating themselves from any chance at the playoffs. It's a damn shame. The refs played a role and have sparked the conspiracy that the Big 12 is after Oklahoma and, well, Texas, too. And there seems to be some pretty good penalty stats that may be concerning and might prove this true. Those guys are both leading the Big 12 in penalties. Kind of interesting to take a look at that one someday. Beef, Mike Gundy, is a man well over 40, but he has those Cowboys rolling. How about those Cowboys, Beef?
1: Damn good. Historical win for college football. I mean, I was just watching a thing on ESPN about a student, along with the help of some others, I think they were engineering students, dug those goalposts out of the lake that they were thrown in, in chilly weather, in the middle of the night, taking it home for some college football history memorabilia. We don't know when Bedlam's going to be played again, so that guy has something that'll stand the test of time, man. Those metal poles, there will be something to keep, man, something to talk about for generations. They got that trophy. It's staying with Oklahoma State. And man, will it ever go back to Oklahoma? No one knows now. You got to give you got to give these guys credit. They have a dark horse Heisman candidate. Listen. Ollie Gordon's stats. 1224 yards, 7 yards per carry and 12 touchdowns. Let me repeat that. 7 yards per carry. I mean, 7 yards per carry is an amazing number, but he's been doing it all season. You know, I've seen running backs get that and they've been like a secondary back or Tertiary back, even, but not the main dude. Not the main dude getting that many carries. I want to say he had like 200 and some carries on the season. Baller, straight baller, needs to be in Heisman contention. Oklahoma State, they lost 33 to 7 to South Alabama. And then they have a second loss to Iowa State.
0: All right, beef We got another game. We got number seven Texas. They survive at home versus a real Wildcat. Longhorns 33 30 and get the win. Texas looked dominant for most of the game, holding a 27-14 lead going into the fourth. That's when the Wildcats got wild, scoring 16 to Texas's three and taking it to overtime. Overtime, Wildcats held Texas the three points and tried to grab that game-winning tutty instead of kicking a tying field goal, but it got busted. That play got busted. Didn't work. Bad play call. Both these teams were terrible on third down. Texas had... Over 100 more total yards, 478 to 370 for the Wildcats, but those three turnovers by the Longhorns helped the Tigers push this one to overtime. Beav, this Texas running game is holding this team together without quarterback Ewers, and they average 6.7 per carry in this game.
1: Turnovers, man. The great equalizer, but I just don't get it. Kansas State, I don't get it. The strength of their team is that defense. You kick the field goal, you trust your defense to get a stop. Kick the three points, man. Send it into double overtime. They're going for the win instead of the overtime. Rarely does that end well. I don't, I've seen it once or twice that I can think of off the top of my head. But that's not the reason for this team to rely on chance instead of their proven D. Let your boys do the work. Number 15 in the nation, let Kansas State play D. Get a stop. Unless they're just worried about their offense. I mean, some people say that kicker was the situation because they missed one. But he hit a 43-yarder, like, right down the middle earlier in the game. I mean, the kicker wasn't college kicker situation where they're always missing it wide right. You know, this guy's a good kicker. And, you know, it was from, like, the 25. Let the man kick. I don't know. What's your feeling on that? I like to see you tie it up. Extend the game as long as you can. You never know what's going to happen. I
0: think it's one of those things, man. It's just you got to fill out the situation, and I'm not going to knock the coach. There's been some great wins where teams have went for the – win versus the tie. I mean, I'll look at LSU and Bama last year. That was an epic ending. It just sucks that they didn't have a better play called prepared for that situation. That's my only knock. I don't knock the the decision. Yeah, but that's
1: a situation where you got to out-duel Young, right? You know, you have that offensive quarterback. It's not getting stopped. It's like if you're going against the Phoenix or Caleb Williams. Like, go for it. Get the win now because you don't know if you're going to stop the offense ever. They had the defense to stop people. Texas is down their top quarterback. They're on their second quarterback, backup quarterback. Why take the chance? That's just that's my point. That's where I would stand as a coach, and I'm sticking to it. Right on, right on, right on. We had one
0: more big-ass dump truck, and we got to talk about it because it was a fun one to watch. We had number five, Washington, crush the dreams of USC winning 52-42. to 42. This was definitely bombs over L.A., and it was no joke. There were bombs bursting in air all night. Michael Penix and Caleb Williams put on a fun show, but the Moab mother of all bombs was Dylan Johnson. He busted the Trojan D and now the Grinch is gone, fired for good, and it's a get I heard he got
1: here. hired, man. They got him. LSU picked him up.
0: <laughs> Why not? Maybe he can improve him just a hair. Caleb Williams had his magic. Put on a show, like I said, but it wasn't enough in the end. You could see his passion spill out. At the end of the game, when he expressed his emotions with his mom after the game, some may knock him for it. But to me, that was heart. That was passion. And you got to see the hurt, not just for himself, but for his team. Like they had so many aspirations for a Heisman, a national championship trophy, winning the Pac-12. You can't say he was crying because he's just a little baby. There's a lot of effort and energy and passion that goes into playing these games. And you have your your brothers that you're playing for too. And that all came to an end. And the emotions came out. So people were putting them down. Y'all got to wake up, man. That's just real love and passion. I heard a story about
1: that. I heard after the game, his mom told him, I gave you formula, not breast milk. And that's why you melted down, man. He's like, mom, I could have been better. Just give me that breast milk, mommy.
0: (laughs) We'll get back to the game. Both teams had a turnover and didn't put up much D. Both teams had over 500 yards and put up a combined 94 points. The biggest difference... Other than the scoreboard, was the Huskies 7-for-10 third down performance. Beef, this was your typical Pac-12 fireworks, but Dylan Johnson, did you see that one coming?
1: Yeah, that's what they needed. They needed an extra layer to that offense. They needed something else. When the going gets tough, you have someone to ride. Ride that horse, man. Let him take you to the promised land. Uh, The Penix, they'll find ways to stop him, to slow him down. I mean, he's always going to get his... But you need that that third threat, that three-headed horseman. I mean, you have the receiver and Dunze, you have the Phoenix to throw it there. Now you got someone to hand it off to to keep the defense honest. And everyone's talking about this Washington defense, like they may be the difference between a national title team and just a great team, and they can't win without some help from that defense. But the defense isn't terrible. They're just mediocre. They're 48th in the nation in scoring defense, giving up 23 points per game. So they're just really average. They're not terrible. They're not like USC. They're not like LSU, or they're just giving away points like it's nothing. This is a team that can contend, man. This is a national title contending team. Obviously, they're saying it with their record. They still got some games to go, and and you know what? I can't wait. I really, really can't wait. I've said it before. I'm saying it again. Vegas, baby. If we can get Washington Oregon rematch in Vegas, that will be a hot ticket, man. Hot ticket. Everyone's gonna want to go to that game. Everyone's gonna want to watch that game. It's gonna pop.
0: Yes, sir. It sure is. I can't wait for that rematch, and I think we're gonna get it. It's definitely lining up and looking that way. Outside of some crazy disaster, but beef. You know what we are. You know what we talk about most. You know where our heart lives, and that's in Big Ten country. Let's start breaking down these Big Ten games, baby. You got it, beef. Man, you sound great. That helium is doing you well. You've never sounded so good. Whisper sweet nothings into my ear with that voice, boy. Big 10 roundup. Week 10, reaction. We had our Midwest Corn Fest game of the week. Number 11, Penn State punts the Terrapins, 51-14. to 14. The Nittany Lions grab 404 total yards, 246 passing and 158 rushing, and their D-shelling of Maryland. Maryland continues its tailspin, losing now four in a row. The Penn State D was alive and well, and they took it, took it to Maryland, pulling them to just 234 total yards and picking up four turnovers. They grabbed two fumble recoveries, also grabbed two interceptions. Penn State showed Maryland who they were, and they are Penn State and they really were. Penn State in the fourth, grabbing 27 points in the final quarter. Penn State dominated this Maryland team throughout the game, putting the Terps down 21-7 to at half. And like I said, things just got uglier from there. Beef, does James Franklin have his D running on all cylinders after this game?
1: I don't know if I give that to Franklin. That D... Stands for Diaz. Manny Diaz, that is. I mean, it was Franklin's hire. He did the right thing. Got him in there. That defense had six sacks. That's like every other possession getting a sack. I mean, that ends drives quick. I think the defense had more sacks than a frat party, man. And those frat houses have a lot of sacks. Take my word for it. More importantly, that offense was giving that O face. Drew Aller style. Four touchdowns. And honestly, it had some creative plays. Dante Cephas, that wide receiver, two touchdowns to emerge as that wide receiver threat that Penn State needed this season. Man, if they would have had him going against Ohio State, it might have been a different game. Penn State needed this. They need that offense. They got to prepare. Next week, they got a stud team coming into town on Happy Valley. I'm going to be there for it. I'm getting excited already. That's why I had to bring it up. Happy Valley is going to be a rocking place this Saturday, and I'm ready to see it.
0: Oh, I bet you are. I'm a little jealous that I won't be there with you, but duty calls uh, to be somewhere else is what it is. But, man, I'm definitely going to be jelly. I know you're going to enjoy. Let's get to some of that other big on big action. We had number one Ohio State. They had to battle back against Rutgers, but they win it 35-16. Ohio State was down 9-7 at the half. They forgot that Rutgers will go all out to get a win. And that fumble ruski was awesome. Awesome to see. And Ruckers played it beautifully. Despite Ruckers' early success on the ground, they couldn't keep pace with the Buckeyes in the second half. Ohio State would pour on 28 in the second half to Ruckers' 7. But Ruckers did get a little wild on that Buckeyes defense. The first time the Buckeye defense got exposed, all year, allowing Rutgers to get 5.4 per carry. They also own the time of possession and actually outbeat the Buckeyes on offense, getting the total yard advantage, 361 to Ohio State's 328. Beef, what's your thoughts on the Buckeyes getting exposed for the first time on the ground all year?
1: They were exposed like those girls in Panama City on a Girls Gone Wild episode, man. Totally exposed. And it was against Rutgers. Fucking Rutgers, man. They're having a great season, but they have no national recognition. No one knows that they're good. They've only lost three games. They're not getting credit. Not against the number one team like that in the nation, which surprises me that they got voted number one again. Because of a showing like that, you do not want to see the number one team in the nation give up that many yards, struggle for an entire half. I mean, this is Ohio State's MO now. They are a second half team, and sometimes even midway through the second third quarter and sometimes even midway through the third quarter before they awaken. when they do, they got it, man. They give it to Marv, get two touchdowns, but only 25 yards? McCord had a pick. It didn't look good, but they got the job done. I was kind of wondering what happened to Stover, being the second leading receiver on the team. Finally found out this week he was hurt. That makes more sense. Hopefully they get him back soon, because they're going to need him for the end of this season. But man, this game brought up a lot more questions for me than it did answers. Day in the post game was like, we didn't know until halftime what we needed to do because they were in a too high the whole game, just begging us to run the ball. They didn't think we'd be patient enough. So they changed up their game plan in the second half. This is fucking elementary shit. There should be someone up in the box telling them what's going on that first fucking possession. Not wait until halftime. I don't get it, man. They're one of the premier programs in the nation. Makes me wonder. Maybe this is why they had so much trouble against Michigan. They knew they were stealing their signs, but they can't make any fucking changes unless they're prepared for it three weeks in advance.
0: This too high is not a complicated defense. It's it's a pretty common no. defense. So it's like you think you would have something already built into the offense to attack a too high yeah. defense. Not not a not a yeah. abnormal defensive setting.
1: They should have Talked about this a dozen times before the season already started because this is a normal thing. They should know how to attack it and to not even recognize it till halftime. I mean, that is an eye opener. I'm like, I don't even know what to say. I'm flabbergasted. But a win's a win. They did it.
0: Yes, sir. Well, we talked about Ohio State, which means we should talk about Michigan, the two teams that hate the shit out of each other. And Michigan has owned those Buckeyes as of late. But Michigan puts it on Walters Purdue winning 41-13. to
1: The handshake, the handshake, the handshake.
0: There was some drama there, but we're going to get into that. But Michigan, man, they did not have their greatest game, but they still sexed up Purdue and held them to 1-14 and on third down. Even when Michigan isn't dominant, they pull out wins like this. What's that tell you about the Wolverines, man? They're the best team, talent-wise, in the Big Ten, in my opinion. Michigan will have a big, big battle this week, and not just on the field but off the field, too. The Big Ten wants to suspend hardball indefinitely, and Michigan is going to fight with everything they have for that not to happen. Oh, yeah, and on the field, they have to go to Happy Valley, and they got to play one of the best teams in the Big Ten and play Penn State, and they are ready. Penn State is ready to host these scandal-ridden Wolverines. They want to get them. But anyways, Purdue head coach Walters claimed that this isn't a supposed incident Like, this is reality. It happened. He's saying, let's not pretend like it's under investigation. It is clear that there was some illegal cheating going on in Michigan. And that's why he blew by Jim Hardball. That's why he refused to shake his hand. But, Beev, in my opinion, Walter should have never opened his mouth. He should have focused more on his team and their poor play because they have been god-awful this
1: year. Yeah. You don't provide bulletin board material for the best team in the conference. They already have enough. You don't need to get them going. You don't need to give them that extra shot of energy, that adrenaline rush. They'd be like, we're going to go and smack them in the mouth and show them who the boss is. They did it. They were already ready to do it. But Walters had to go and open his mouth. Say that shit for after the game. If you want to say it after the game, cool. Alright? But, man, he, he got the Wolverines ready to roll. But, I'm going to take you back to elementary class, man. These Wolverines, they have taken a negative plus a negative and turned that bitch into a positive. That COVID burger scandal, the Spygate scandal, and this team has not blinked an eye. Their defense is holding people, barely letting them score, not getting it a first down in the red zone, man. It's impressive. I mean, all over the place, every phase of the game, this team is doing good. And they're going to come into Happy Valley and smack some people around. They're going to hit the Nittany Lions right in the mouth, and they better be ready for it, man. They better play their A game because Michigan will bring it. Promise you that.
0: We're going to break down this game later this week because this is one of the biggest games in the Big Ten for the season. But let's move on, man. Big Ten West. Let's talk about the Big Ten West, baby. Indiana puts down the Badgers at home, winning 20 to 14. Indiana and Tom Allen grab their first win in conference.
1: Round of applause.
0: Despite being outgained and only averaging. yards per carry. But the big difference is the Hoosiers would grab two fumbles that would make up for the deficit of their poor offensive play. This was their first win against Wisconsin at home since 2002. Beav.
1: Another round of applause. Yay. (laughs) Hey, man. Breaking a streak. Let's give it to him.
0: Boy, that was a long time ago, Beav. That was back when you were young, dumb, and full of cum. Man. I don't know if I was full of it.
1: I was spraying it.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Indiana put a nice tribute on for the late Bob Knight and the sports world lost earlier this week. Rest in peace, legend Bobby Knight. But let's talk about Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle and his badges are banged up. They're down two star running backs. They're down their starting quarterback. How does Luke Fickle get it together after those losses that are piling up?
1: You know, if there's one coach I trust, man, it's Fickle. He'll get things done. I think he's just got to get his right guys. In Madison, he's got all that he needs, a beautiful city, a beautiful program, and a team that wants to win. Great fan base. They'll get it done. They're a banged up team. You're right. They clashed with the Titan the week before. I know that's no excuse, but there is a saying that when you lose to the Peter North of the conference, sometimes Peter North beat you twice. And they came into this game all limp-dicked and not ready to play. I think he'll get it turned around next season. Get his players in there. He's got the support behind him. He is a coach that has gotten Cincinnati to the playoffs, baby. Cincinnati Bearcats to the playoffs before they were in a Power 5 conference. He can get it done. I promise you that. But let's talk about another team that can't get it done. That got a business taken care of this week.
0: It's time to party in Sparty as they stun the surging Huskers winning it. 20-17, 20 to 17. Just like Indiana, Michigan State grabbed their first conference win.
1: Yay! <laughs> Round of applause. They're, we can't give the same to their basketball team this week, though.
0: Sparty put the ball up at 9.7 yards per pass, but Michigan State defense would be the reason for the win. They got three turnovers, Count of B, three turnovers. Nebraska held Sparty to 3 and 14 on third down, but the two interceptions by Harburg would be costly and put that defense in bad position. Michigan State was able to put points on the board in every quarter for the first time all season. They looked good for the first time tossing the rock. Beeve, we had thought Nebraska would get their bowling win here against Sparty, but they lost it. Can they still? So
1: yeah, they'll get there. They got Maryland next on the schedule, and Maryland has all but given up on the season. They started off five and zero, and they've lost four in a row now. I think they're going to get that fifth loss. Five and zero to start, lose five in a row. Man, nothing screams Maryland like that—losing every game in the Big Ten. Nebraska. I mean, they started off their season with these turnovers. Sims had seven turnovers in the first two games. That's why Harburg was given a shot, because of Sims. Because Sims was giving balls away like he was transitioning to female. I guess Nebraska can still beat Maryland. They still got a shot at going bowling. I'm rooting for the Huskers to get that done. I'd love to see their fan base at Ford Field or the pinstripe bowl or something. You know they're going to fill that stadium and represent well if they get there. There's another team in the Big Ten West. That refuses to win. Mm-hmm. Who is that? What happened to the other big
0: NLST team? Beef, that's them golden gophers. Illinois took a stand on the road in gopher country, winning it 27-26. Brett Bilama gets two thrilling wins in a row. The Illini was really, really good on third down, getting 9 of 17 compared to the gopher's 3 of 12. Beef, Illinois had three turnovers but was still able to get the win on the road. That's not normal, man. That ain't normal. But what is these days? P.J. Flex Golden Gophers started to look like they could take hold of the Big Ten West. But like always, nobody in the Big Ten West wants anything to do with playing in a conference game. They just keep losing right after they take control of the Big Ten West. It's freaking crazy. Beef, I got to get some love to a backup quarterback, John Paddock, for Illinois. He got put in the game after Altmaier's injury and he led the Illini to a victory going three for three and 85 yards.
1: The dude went in. The game was all but one for Minnesota. It was fourth and 11 on his own 14 yard line, two minutes, 47 seconds left on the clock. He came in. He only had one shot and he didn't miss his chance to flow. I mean, honestly, it seems like no one in the Big Ten West wants to win. They know what's coming down, the Big Ten East, and they don't have a chance against them. They never have. They never will. There's all these teams in the Big Ten West. They're average at best. The best team is average. The only thing, the only word of advice I could have to you from the Big Ten West is if you're Illinois and you win the game, do not chest bump Brett Billima. His belly will get you long before his chest does. Oh nuts and with spring like that belly has you'll be flat on your back
0: no doubt about it let's talk about the last game here in the big 10 iowa prevents overtime driving a 53 yard field goal in the last second winning it 10 to 7 over northwestern i was in attendance for this game at wrigley field and it was a snoozer of epic proportions Iowa had 82 total yards in the first half. Northwestern had 26 total yards in the first half. This was a fucking punt fest. Fucking punt fest, boy. We wouldn't see a score in this game until Titan Ostrega would grab a two-yard pass in the third. Northwestern had 170 total yards to Iowa's 169. How did I not fall asleep for the first half of this game? But Northwestern would make things entertaining, getting two drives to the goal line, one would be stopped, and the other would lead to a game-tying touchdown with a minute 50 left. But Beef, Iowa was able to get just enough yards to allow their kicker, Drew Stevens, to drive that 53-yard game-winning field goal. It was like a home run at Wrigley, deep, 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 and it's gone. It was a hell of a kick, man. And Boy, that lit up the Iowa fans.
1: Hey, man, I think the thing that kept you entertained, kept you from sleeping, was those fans, man. You had some cool kick-ass interviews from macho man Randy Savage-esque dude out in front of the stadium, drunk as hell. That straw-hatted dude, drunk as hell. You got to get on our socials and look this stuff up. Big Ten Backers on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter the X, whatever the hell you want to call it. TikTok, YouTube, we're on there. Check it out. What else, man? You you interviewed the national champions from Northwestern, the girls lacrosse team. That was an awesome interview. Well-spoken ladies. Just cool, all around. Stuff you got to see. If you're a college fan, if you're a football fan, whatever it is, go check it out. I'm jealous of you. You got to see a game in historic Wrigley Field. Something I... I really wanted to see. We didn't even know it was at Wrigley Field until we were going while you were driving there to get tickets. And you're like, oh shit, going to Wrigley Field. I was like, damn it. If you would have given me enough time if I would have known about that, I would have dropped my bye week and headed on out there. But all of this shitty play from the Big Ten West got me thinking, man. With these divisions ending, being eliminated next year, the Big Ten West has never won a Big Ten championship. I don't think any of these teams ever will win a Big Ten championship. It's going to get harder. They might not even make it to the championship game. They've been lucky lately because one of them has to go. None of them want to win, but one of them has to go. And with the newcomers coming in, it's going to be even harder because you know Washington, you know Oregon, you know USC are going to be playing some offenses to go along with the defense. And maybe you could combine uh, USC and Iowa and have a hell of a team. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I wish Iowa could match the fans' energy and passion when it comes to offensive play because their fans were absolutely amazing. They were fun. They were knowledgeable. You could tell they loved football. They weren't scared to make jokes at their own team. I love the f- Iowa fan base. They are freaking awesome. I, I-, I got to get out there for a game at Kinnick. It's going to happen.
1: And Kinnick's team kick-ass. You have to see it.
0: Oh, it's coming. Definitely making it out there this season. But anyways, Beef, I didn't bring my trimmer with me. I'm in Vegas. It's probably the best time to have my trimmer. But guess what? It doesn't matter. We're going to talk about the landscape of college football. We're going to talk about all those other games that were big, too. Not quite a dump truck, but still important to talk about. Let's get into it, Beef.
1: Let's do it. Bring it on.
0: Beef, this fucking voice is killing me, bro. I'm fucking enjoying the shit out of it. Man, it's cracking me up. Arizona beats down the Bruins. 27-10. Like we both said, Arizona is one of the, if not the best three-loss team in the country, and they get another win this time at home against the Bruins. This was a great battle. Arizona gets up early. UCLA battles back. But then the Pukin rally ended with the Wildcats grabbing 10 unanswered in the fourth. Arizona was deadly through the air, 25-33 for 9.1 per pass, and they also grabbed... Their third win in a row against a ranked opponent. Beav, how good are these Wildcats?
1: Oh, they good. I don't know if they're the third or the best three loss team anymore, though. Not with LSU losing and getting their third loss, and Notre Dame possibly too getting their third loss. But those Wildcats out in Tucson, Arizona, they're playing some good ball, man. Noah Fafita. He didn't play much to start the year. But man, did he turn it on when it was time to play the big dogs in five games. He has fourteen hundred and fifty two yards and fourteen touchdowns, all of them coming against ranked teams at the time. And four out of the five are still ranked. Amazing, man. This guy is serious. I bet he transfers to Iowa and gets some quarterback development there.
0: Yes, sir. He should. You know, they put out quarterbacks.
1: They love to score. They have that offense that's just quarterback-friendly, man. It
0: is super quarterback-friendly. Let's talk about these Beavers. The Beavers bounced the Buffs, winning 26-19. This game was way more one-sided than the score shows. This was a 23-5 game in the fourth quarter. The Beavers loved some D, and they held the Buffs' offense to just 238 total yards and held the Buffs to a negative, I said negative, seven rushing yards. Ouch, Dion. that's a kick in the fucking prime. Colorado continues to fall apart as Dion says everyone has to trust the process. He said this team has lost some passion, but it's his job to get them back on track. I hope people don't forget what he has done for these Buffs, despite them losing five of their last six. Beef, these Beavers have some games down the stretch. Can they upset one of those teams?
1: Hey man, the mecca of college football ran through Boulder to start the season. All that is no more. That was short-lived, man. It's a damn shame. Man, watch for some dumb shit in the pack done to happen. Like the Beavers knocking off Washington. That would be some cannibalizing bullshit for the conference, that's for sure. I don't want to see that happen. I want to see the rematch. Washington versus Oregon in Vegas for a shot at the playoffs. But just so you know, The Ducks are taking down OSU, the other OSU, easily in Eugene. Man, and good on DJ Uyunglele for transferring out of that dumpster fire Dabo is creating. But let's get back to Colorado. They had the juice. They had it to start the season. But man, is it a bad year to be in a rebuild in the pack done. Prime will make it. He'll make more waves in the Big 12 in the next year or two. They're going to be on top of college football.
0: Yes, sir. Let's get to the Big 12. We had number 21, Kansas. They outlast a late surge from the Cyclones, winning 28-21. Kansas grabs another win. They are starting to rack them up. They get 361 total yards in this one. 287 of those were through the air at an outstanding 12.5 per pass. That's lethal. QB Bean just keeps on flicking it. He can flick the bean. He can flick the ball. He is playing out. Kansas was able to get seven wins on the season for the first time since 2008. Let's go, Jayhawks. Cornerback Mello Dotson grabbed himself a 50-yard interception return for a defensive tutty. Be the Cyclones made this interesting late but fell short. Every game in the Big 12 was a close one outside of the West Virginia-BYU game. They put on some games this weekend.
1: Hey man, did you see that controversial call? Iowa State dude was running back to kickoff, clearly in bounds, but from a weird angle, looked like the ref tripped a little bit and then got behind another dude, called him out of bounds. That kick return went down to inside the two-yard line it looked like, but the ref called it stepping out at the 31-yard line, killed some momentum. They were down 14-0 at that time. Man, that was real bad. If you haven't seen the video, you got to go back and look at it. It was terrible. Not even close. That wasn't even close to being out of bounds. But Kansas, yeah, now they're a force in the Big 12. I mean, I called them to win the Big 12. They're probably not going to win it. I don't see Texas getting two losses in the Big 12 before the end of the season. But, man, they're doing good. Finishing somewhere around second or third place. You know, I love Kansas. I love Lance Leifold. They're doing good got another year before they make it to the top. And they probably will now that the big dog's being gone.
0: Speaking about coaches you love, let's talk about Clemson. Clemson dumps the Irish 31-23. Just when you think Dabo's done, he pulls himself back in and gets the struggling Tigers a huge win at home.
1: You know Lloyd, just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally
0: redeem yourself. This game was looking like a blowout for Notre Dame losing 24 to 9 at the half. But they were able to grab 14 in the third to try to make things interesting, but it wouldn't hold up. For Marcus Freeman and the Irish, Clemson's defense was able to come up with three turnovers and shut out the Irish in the fourth. They would need those turnovers. As they were outgained, outrushed, and outpassed by Notre Dame, beef can Dabo build on this upset of Notre Dame?
1: Uh, Who cares? The season's over, man. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Like, if you're buying stock, buy it in Clemson now. You better buy now. No one's buying shit. They're bankrupt. Company done fold and went under. This golly, we're awesome thing. It's got to go, dude. Five and four and tenth in the ACC. Tenth, fucking tenth. He peaked a long time ago, and Brent Venables was what got him there. Now, as far as Notre Dame, what the fuck happened to Hartman, man? He was on fire to start the season. He was looking good. It was like the savior of Notre Dame. Started off strong. 13 touchdowns in the first four games. Now he's limp-dicking it the rest of the season. He's only had five touchdowns in the last six games. Got everyone's hopes up. Got them all ready. Man, gave them all blue balls. Notre Dame.
0: Oh, no! Oh, we suck again. People kind of seen this Notre Dame team start to struggle after Ohio State beat them and then Louisville got them. They're kind of wishy-washy. You don't know what you're going to get out of them any given Saturday, but that is what it is. We had an instant classic, and Old Miss survives a scare at home beating the Aggies in a close one, 38-35. Old Miss put down the Aggies by 14 in the 3rd quarter, but Texas A&M would battle back and make this an instant classic running back Quishon Junkins would grab the go-ahead lead with a minute 50 left in the game. This was the fourth time this season that the Lane Train would have to get moving to overcome a deficit in the second half. Aggies looked to tie it in the end, but missed a field goal attempt in the final seconds. This was another bombs-over-Baghdad type of game where we saw 975 total yards between these two teams.
1: Got some bullshit Jimbo's got going on there. He's done, right? I mean, what is this guy's buyout? Oh, wait, it's Texas A&M. They don't give a shit about how much money it is. They just want some respect, man. You're
0: not what it means to me.
1: Well, just so you know, his buyout's $76.8 million to take a fucking vacation, man. He's got to pull that Coach O approach and just say, all right. Give me the check and show me the door.
0: They're probably wishing wishing they had a scandal so they can get rid of Jimbo for furry.
1: Yeah, he's gonna go jerk off and get it on tape or something. Anyway, on the other sidelines, you got Old Miss. They couldn't be happier with the decision, the chance they took on Lane Kiffin. He's thirty-one and fourteen in his time at Old Miss. They are now eight and one and in the top ten. In his first year, they were five and five. That was the twenty twenty season. They finished eight and five. Last year in 10 and 10-3 and prior in 2021. I mean, he's having some pretty damn good seasons. Got them some respect. I'm on that lane train, baby.
0: It's a good train to be on right now. But let's talk about these A, J, and B best quickies. California was at Oregon. Ducks dominate, winning 63-19.
1: East Carolina at number 24. Tulane. The green wave didn't peak, but survived 13-10. to 10. Big Ten West style. It's all about them field goals and punts, baby.
0: (laughs) Virginia Tech was at number 13, Louisville. Cardinals show who the real bird was in this game and dominates. 34-3.
1: Pittsburgh at number four, Florida State. The Seminoles struggle, but they win with ease 24-7.
0: Army was at number 25, Air Force. Army bombards the Falcons' perfect season, winning big. Twenty-three-three Air Force had six turnovers.
1: Man, those turnovers are a killer. A great equalizer. Damn, I thought for sure Air Force had that one.
0: Arizona State at number eighteen, Utah. Utah said, "My name is Utes, and I'm the best there's ever been." And they dick kicked the Devils fifty-five to three.
1: UConn at number seventeen. Tennessee, Tennessee playing fucking Yukon. Why the hell are they playing them right now? Who knows. The Volunteers won this one. Huge 59 to 3. All right, man. Big 10backers are out. God bless. Slater.
0: Big 10backers podcast. Follow our sponsors nilbanboat.com. Oh, no Midwest. Goodbye today. Yeah.